Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Welcome, friends, for a Money Savings Busy Mumsy podcast episode. Ashley here. I got a confession. I absolutely suck at saving money. Yes, Ricky will definitely second that, but I do constantly worry about money and savings. Well, today I welcome Sunday Times bestselling author and finance influencer, Gemma Bird, aka Money Mum, onto the show. So let's get started. Gemma Bird, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Hello, lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Oh my goodness. I, I am so thrilled to have you on the show because I immediately want to start shouting, I want money, lots and lots of money. I want you to teach me. Mama, Essex, mama, money, mama, tell me everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I... I, I obviously I've already I've already said it in the intro and I've already said saying your praises. So um so I, I just have to say to the listeners, money, having a child and money. Yeah. How do you even start? How do you even navigate? So Gemma Bird, I want to ask you first, before we do dive into having children and being financially savvy and you know, diving into that world. Where did your money savviness start? Yeah, and that's a really good question because I think it started, well, I know when it started, really from sort of the first ever memory I've got is of age seven, walking to school. And there used to be like um, like a tuck shop when I was at school and you could have money to like buy things in the tuck. And my mum and dad always used to send me in with like snacks, you know, and I'd be like, oh, but I want to buy from the tuck. And my mum would be like, well, it's too expensive. You know, I can't really do that. So I remember thinking, well, I think it was like 20p at the time for like a cake or whatever it was. So I remember walking to school and like looking for money on the ground. So like trying to like, because obviously there was lots of money then. It wasn't cards. People would drop money on the floor. And I remember from that age, that was my first memory of finding like 1p, 10p, 5p on the floor and saving up to then buy that cake at break time. And it made me straight away think, right, well, you've got to save up to buy something. And obviously at seven years old, you can't work. So like it was like looking for pennies on the floor. So that's the first real memory I ever, ever have of, saving money and getting something and I was just installed from sort of a really young age my parent my mum was a cleaner and sort of she sort of had the money for us kids it was always like she didn't we couldn't have everything you know she gets what she could and she'd be like well no we've got to save up for that and it was always like free activities she'd take the sandwiches and stuff with us and I think it was just my upbringing really my parents were like well if you want something you have to work for it and you can't have everything Gemma and it's okay to say no to your, to your children, you know, because I think so much now we sort of worry about it. And I think social media plays a big part in that. 
where we see sort of other children and other mums when I was growing up. There was no social media. It was just what your mum said went, and that was it. Like, it didn't matter if there was a girl at school because you don't even know that girl at school, whereas now you'll see hundreds, if not thousands of people online getting things. But obviously, everyone's values are different. Everyone's got different money. Everyone's got different circumstances. And I've always just said to people, you know, the most important thing with your children is you stay in your own lane and you teach your own values and what you believe and don't worry about other people around you and don't worry about saying no to your child either because I think that's really important that we don't worry about saying no to our children because, you know, you can't have everything in life. You can't go to your boss at the end of the month and say, oh, I've spent all my money now. Can I have some more money? He'd be like, no, you've got to wait for your payday. So that was sort of how my parents sort of instilled that into me. When I was sort of like 16, 17, my dad gave me an allowance and that was to buy things like my deodorant, my makeup. I could, you know, go to, um, go to college at the time on the bus. And I remember after a week, I'd spent this money and I said to him, oh, can I have more money? I want to go to the cinema with my friend. And that's when he said, you can't ask your boss for more money. No, you've got to wait till the first of next month. And I remember thinking, now I've got three weeks with no money because I've spent it all. So I remember the next month I was like, right, I'm not going to get the bus. I'm going to walk to, walk to college because then I want to buy like a chocolate bar when I get there or whatever it was at the time. But it made me manage my money. Um, and my my dad just taught me that from a young age, that you get a certain amount of money and you have to make it last from the first till, till you then next get paid. And I even straight away then started, right, well, I'm going to put like £10 of it away or whatever it was at the time. I can't remember the exact amount he gave me. It wasn't a fortune, but it was enough to sort of get my bus fare, get my deodorants, get my lip gloss that I wanted for a pound or whatever you know the cheap makeup brands and that was sort of how they how they how they taught me and it seems obviously to have worked because I have definitely got a really good understanding of what to do with a very small amount of money and how to make it last and I've been a great believer of it's not what you earn it's what goes out and what you do with your money I've got friends that could earn sort of when I was on a really low income, they could be on like £100,000 a year, but yet still be in debt because they were spending way more than they were bringing in. So it's about understanding money. It's not about what you do for a living. Obviously, if you earn more money, of course, you can have better things and buy things. But also people that earn a lot of money still sometimes have no money because they don't have any money management. They don't understand money. So they, whatever they get, they spend more than they get, you know? Yeah, but go back to the relationship with your dad. I mean, to have that relationship of constant chat about money and managing it at a young age, I mean, how, how did, did anything develop from that? Do you still talk to him about money management? Do, I mean, did you ever go into business with each other with, with money? Because it sounds like he really like put it in your head from a very, very young age, which I love. I absolutely love that. And it just seems like, what, was that something also given to him that he just really was like, I don't want to say like pinch, like, you know, a, a money pincher because like, but you know, like was very much like stringent on like, no, this is, this is what I have and this is what I can do. No, not at all. He didn't have a good upbringing, um, particularly at all, my dad. Um, and my mom um, had wealthier sort of, parents but again they never gave her anything so she was my mum was even better at money than my dad if I if I'm totally honest I think it was my mum that sort of really sort of controlled things and I think that's because my mum and dad were sort of quite old-fashioned like my dad had his money and then my mum had her cleaning money and that was how she took us kids out um and I think I sort of saw those sort of struggles like my dad paid the bills and everything like that there was never like loads left over you know like I didn't go on a plane till I was 14 and you know like kids now obviously my, my even my own children like my my son and my daughter both on the plane at five months old you know I think it's the world's definitely changing um so it was always just 
they just always spoke to me about it and were really open like you can't have that and I remember like in school there was a girl and she had they were called LA gear trainers at the time and I was like oh, oh, really, oh, oh I, I remember those I had an LA gear I had an LA gear jean coat oh my god you would have been well cool you'd have been the girl I wanted to be at school and my mum was like well I can't afford LA gear trainers and she went to I don't know if you have it in the states there was a shop at the time called Woolworths which is a bit like a target or whatever and no um, we had no I have to tell you we had Gabriel Brothers and Gabriel Brothers, oh my gosh, the listeners from America are going to start laughing because they know this store. Gabriel Brothers was your discount shop. And I got my LA gear crop. I mean, it's so in now, it's so trending, but like we're talking the 80s when I bought this. And it's like acid washed crop jean coat that has LA gear in sequence written on the back. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. I mean, I think I got the coat for 20, maybe, maybe $20, which was like on sale, on sale, marked down on sale. And I begged for it. I absolutely begged for it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think like it was, there was those certain things, those certain trends. And it was just from what you saw your school friends wearing. And I remember my mom was like, I can't afford them. And she bought me these Woolworths trainers. And she was like, they look just like the LA gear ones. And I remember being mortified thinking, no, they don't, mom. They're not LA gear trainers. She was like, well, I can't have them. And my parents were always just like fine to sort of say no and be like, well, we can't do that. So you can't have it. Like, um, and I've definitely installed that into my kids. I'm like, I don't let them have everything. And even if I can afford to buy it, I just want them to understand that you can't have everything in life. And they have an amazing life. You know, they have a great childhood. They go on holiday all the time. But I say things like, well, you're not having an ice cream every day because mummy's saving up to take you. Like, we went to Florida and they were really blessed. They've been able to go there. Um, I never did as a child, you know, different situation, obviously, um, money wise now, and um, where, you know, perhaps I, well, I, I do have, I have been blessed that I've got more money than my parents have when I was growing up. And I've said to him, like, no, you're not having one every day because mummy's saving, so we're going to go to the park. So if he's moaned, I've sort of said, well, you can't never think, bro, you were going to the park because mummy wants to take you on holiday. Do you want to go on holiday or do you want to go to a trampoline park every day this summer? And he's like, well, no, actually, I really do want to go on holiday. So I try to instill that in him now, like to understand that I'm saving up for something to take you to something. So to do that, then we have to like maybe just go to the park and not go to the trampoline park and spend £20. You see what I mean? So he gets that understanding of, you know, you can't have things every day in school holidays. It costs money. And I do lots of free activities. And I think it's really important to like just take the kids outside and just let them run and just go to the park. And like we go over the field and I try and do like imaginary games with my little one. And so we're going on a bear hunt. And so where's the bear? And yesterday we went out and we were looking for like snails and rabbits and anything we could find walking along. And it's free activities. And I walked her up to the shops. I got her a baby chino, which was free with, Actually, I'd got a free drink as well from collecting a coupon thing. Of course I did. And um, and she and she got the baby chino for free. And it was like a free day out. And like, Oh, my gosh. Where have you been? Where, Gemma, where have you been all my life? I mean, I've never even been to Essex. I've never even been to Essex. I think I'm going to have to come over and, like, have well, coffee with you. And I, I, I will bring the muffins myself so we don't even have to spend money on the muffins. I just... Where have you been? This, this I mean, th that alone is just like yeah. So I just, I just think like with 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 the kids, like they obviously with my career and where I have saved so much, and you know my stories are mortgage free and things like that, and obviously my Instagram's done really well. I, I still don't. I still want to install in them. Like if I was to suddenly be worth a billion pounds, I still think, well, what's wrong? 
like it's really why you know it's great going for a walk and doing all the free things like time is so important to me with my kids like you'll see it on my instagram i genuinely go out every single day for all of them yes they have some amazing holidays because i'm left there but i would rather spend money on that than loads and loads and loads of things because like that's making memories so for me the main reason one of the main reasons is i wanted to sort of be mortgage free and when i was older was because i want to travel i want to take my kids to see everywhere in the world because i think memories are so important and things like walking and going out for to the day for them that's making memories and that's so much more important than buying them something that they're going to be bored of in five minutes like they think the toy store the toy store they think is poundland because in poundland we go there and buy a toy and but people are like oh god yes being tight but i think well no because they pay with it for two minutes whether it's a toy for 30 pound or a pound and they're kids they right. get bored they're not interested in it the next day so the next day they then want something else do you see what I mean? So even when we go, no, Brody's gone to me. I, mean, I, I, I honestly, I, mean, I could not agree with you more. And my husband and I have talks about this constantly. So I have a two-year-old daughter and my husband and I were brought up very differently. My, my husband was very privileged growing up. He got, if he wanted the toy, he got the toy. I very much grew up in a household where I, my dad worked nonstop. My, my mother sat at that kitchen table and she wrote the checks for all the bills. She was a stay at home mom that she raised us. We, we were on, um, you know, benefits growing up. I, I started peddling Avon at nine years old to pay for dance lessons. Um, I was a door to door selling skin so soft for years just to pay for a, a dance costume or, or whatever. So like, I was just, I, I knew about making money and the importance of money and I'm really shit at saving, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but I, I, I do know the importance of it and I will hustle and I will work my hardest. And so that when I do buy something or, back then when I was a kid, when I was able to pay for a dance lesson or a costume, it was great pride. Mm. It wasn't as if it was something frivolous to me. It was great pride because I love to do dancing and performing and, and all of that. And my, my mom was spending money on the gas to take me to those classes and everything. So both my, my husband and I had this very different upbringing. And then we come to, we, we, you know, we meet in New York and in a melting pot of just money in America and debt. That is one of the big things about America is credit cards and you can just swipe it and you can just swipe it. And if that card runs out, then you put it on the other. How, 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 how do you tell anyone that reaches out to you that is in that kind of credit card crisis and how to, to navigate that to, lead into a successful relationship with money yeah well i always say to somebody the main thing people need to do is write everything down what you have got mm -hmm. coming in and what you have got coming out and the amount of people that i ask i say what have you got going out and they might say to me two thousand pounds or they'll, they'll say i say what you got coming in and they'll go oh i'll get paid three grand a month just for example all right what, what goes out Oh, I don't know, actually. I'd have to ask my husband. Oh, he don't really know. I'm not sure exactly what goes out. You know, I've got um, £1,000 on the mortgage. Um, they don't actually know. They can't just go to me, yeah, two grand goes out, I'm left with £1,000. They don't know. Most people don't know. If I ask people off the top of their head what goes out, and then I say, not just what goes out, as in, like, your gas, your electric, your mortgage, your council tax, 
what the, you then need to write things down like petrol if you are driving to to and from school runs every day or you're driving to and from work you how much are you spending as a bare minimum a month on petrol that is an expense you're going to have to spend that needs to go on your outgoings so if you are spending a hundred pound a month on petrol there's no point in leaving it off the spreadsheet because it makes you look like you've got more money it's irrelevant you need to put that on how much are you spending on food is there anything else essential that you buy every single month like is it your gym membership whatever it is goes on that part and then you can see it and then if you're in a minus each month you can then look and go, okay, we're in a minus. Let's see if there's anything we can cut back on. And that could be really, really hard. That could be that you're spending £400 a month or dollars a month on a car and you love it. But you know what? You can't actually afford it. So you might have to get rid of that car and have one for $200 to get yourself in a better situation. Do you need to like, have you got uh, Sky or cable TV or whatever it is in the States as well? Do you really need that? At the moment, it, that's a luxury. I always say to people, if you're in debt, it sounds really tough, but cut it out. Like if it's $100 a month, get rid of it. Get rid of that. Look at are you paying high interest on things, moving everything to 0% if you can. And then it's about then looking at what debt you've got. So once you've worked out your outgoings, even if you're left at the end of the month with £50 that you can pay off that debt, that's brilliant. Like people think, oh, it's only a five, like it's only £50. But you're chipping away. You're chipping away at the interest. Yeah. And if it's such a problem that the debt is so bad, it's then the next step is going to speak to someone, a debt professional, that can help you, that maybe can consolidate it, put you in a plan. Because the minute you open up and you speak about it, you're going to feel better. And once you open up and you speak about it and you think, do you know what? I can't keep up with Kelly and Mike down the road because we're not in their situation. Maybe that's what we've been trying to do. Because a lot of people do that. They go to the schools, they think, oh, well, we better, we better pay 100 quid because everyone else is putting in 100 quid. I remember that a couple of years ago at the school before I started my Insta, I was on a very low income. And it was like, oh, we're all going to put in 50 pounds for the teachers. I said, well, I'm not. And everyone was looked like shocked. I just said it openly. I said, well, I can't afford it. So I won't be doing that. They'll be getting a um, box of chocolates for a pound. 50 pound at the moment. Is, I, I'm not doing that. And I think people are always shocked and it's about, you know, being open and honest. And, and I think once you do, other people feel honest. Like if they're, you're getting in a group WhatsApp and someone's spending £2,000 going to Vegas for their Hindu, for example, and you can't do that, just be open and honest. And if you don't want to put it in the group because you feel maybe embarrassed, not that you should be embarrassed at all, like I don't think for a minute, text your friend and just explain and say, like, I love you loads. Maybe we could go for like a local dinner, but I can't afford to go on and the Hindu. And it's about it's about just staying in your lane, not worrying about other people, because there's always going to be someone richer than you, and there's always going to be somebody poorer than you. You are never going to win. You're never going to keep up. You might think you're not doing well, but there's probably another girl that's sitting there thinking, Oh, I wish I had what Gemma's got. And then I'll be looking at somebody else going, Oh, I wish I had what they had, you know? So I've always just tried to not worry about that and think, well, if there's something I really want, like Again, there's needs and wants in life. Like you don't need a designer handbag. You want a designer handbag. You need food. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's absolutely lovely to buy something expensive as well for, for no reason at all, really. Like you don't need a designer handbag. A, a £2 handbag is the same as a £2,000 handbag. But sometimes it's just lovely to treat yourself. And that's a real proud moment. And I still do that now. I go, right, I'm going to, for my birthday, I'm going to have this really, I'm going to have an expensive handbag just because it makes me feel lovely and it's nice to buy things because life is also for living. But you can only do that, I feel, if you're not in debt because that might be a quick fix for you buying that £1,000 handbag. But really, it's not making you feel better. It is for that moment. But then that night when you're going to sleep, you're worrying about the £1,000 you are on the credit card. So it's not making you feel better. So you're better to clear your debt first, then save up and buy that handbag because then when you buy it, you've got nothing to worry about. And I always say things like, 
do a three times roll. If you've got a thousand pounds in your account and you see a Gucci handbag, for example, and it's a thousand pounds, you cannot afford it. Technically, you can afford it because you've got a thousand pounds. But if you spend that money, you're wiped out. So I would say times it by three. If you've got three thousand pounds, you can afford that thousand pound handbag because you've got two thousand pounds to live on. So I try and do it like that. I say to people, I've always had that in my mind, whether that's not obviously on a house because you can't do a three times roll on a house because we get a mortgage. But with pretty much most things, and obviously the exception of a car, but even that, you could do that on your car finance um, monthly. I've always leased my cars because I like to keep my money in the bank and, you know, cars devalue, don't they, all the time. So that's something I've, I've never, I've owned my first couple of cars when I was young. But like now I always think, right, okay, if I'm going to lease, what's the maximum I can afford? Like, okay, if I've got a thousand pounds left a month, I don't want to then be leasing a car for 700. Technically I can afford it, but I've got to pay the petrol on that. How am I going to go out? How am I going to have a life? So, if I had a thousand pounds left, I think, well, I don't actually want to spend a quarter of that. I don't really want to spend more than sort of 250, 300 a month on the car because then I can have a life. I've got 700 pounds to go out and have a Coke with my friends, a coffee, a, a meal. So I've always done things on that is look at my situation and not what other people have got because that's irrelevant. Right. Now, it's easy to talk about the things that we go into debt for, right? The, 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 the handbags, the shoes the, um, you know, the holiday, what, what tips, or even tell me, how were you feeling when you first fell pregnant? You have, you, you had your son first, correct? It was yeah. a boy, then a girl. So you had your son first and you find out that you're pregnant, you know, a lot of emotions, right? It's excitement. And then it's finance. How are we going to do this? Right. For a lot of people, not everyone is Instagram shiny and has that huge, enormous bank account and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, a lot of people struggle with money and you find out that you fall pregnant. I mean, what are tips, ideas, anything that you could share for a busy mumsy listener that could be expecting and a little bit nervous now about finance? Like, what do I do? Diapers are not they're not cheap. I mean, if you if you decide you don't breastfeed and you go the formula route or you just can't breastfeed. I mean, there's just so many things. Yeah. And really, like what would be some wonderful advice from you to share that um, could be so beneficial for an expecting mumsy? Yeah. So the minute um, I found out I was pregnant, I, I worked um, for a bank. It wasn't high income or anything like that. Um, and straight away, what I started to do was I in my mindset I tried to then it is if you're if you're in work I would say is like go to like you're going to be earning um I don't know whether how they do it in the states but obviously in the UK we get um if you're in work you get a maternity allowance so I tried to what I did straight away was I was to myself right I'm going to live like I'm already on maternity which would be like about 650 pounds a month so then the other money that I then had when I was pregnant I then put that away in a pot so I tried to sort of live off sort of 700 pounds rather than my sort of 1500 income at the time. And then I'd try and put five or 500 pounds away for those nine months I was pregnant. So I did that. Also, what I did when I was pregnant was I signed up to every single solitary newsletter I could think of, like the Boots Club, the Bounty Clubs, all that. Because a lot of the time you can get like free nappies um, or like gift cards. I collected like vouchers and things like that. So anything that I could get for free. I decided as well that like when Brody was born, I wasn't going to like sign up to like all the paid classes. I was going to do like maybe one when he was a bit older, but I 
joined like local church groups because they're free or like a pound donation when I went once a week. I also did like um, a, a mum group and we all, there was like eight of us at the time in it and we all kept meeting at coffee shops. So we sort of said like, this is crazy. We can't really afford like to be spending this money like when we're on maternity leave. So we had it that once um, a week, we all went to each other's houses and that whoever hosted just provided the cake and the coffee. So like every week for like eight weeks, you only had to like pay up for the cake once, which you can obviously get for a couple of pounds. So it was like a free activity every single solitary week that I went somewhere and I did something. Um, I also say to expecting mums, like, don't spend loads of money on toys and things like that, because I went to like all like, there's a thing over here called NCT, nearly new sales. So I bought all Brody's um, toys and things secondhand and wait until you have your baby shower as well. Like if you're having a, sh a shower, I don't know if they do that in the States, but a baby shower and or when the baby's born, just buy like sort of a couple of like plain white baby grows. And then when the baby's here, buy stuff because you get bought so much stuff. And I think any mum listening that's already got a baby will be like, I had so many newborn baby grows. The baby did not need 55 newborn baby grows. They were in it for six weeks. So I say to people, just try and have like 10 of each thing. Because obviously they could poo, it's in the wash. So like 10 newborn, 10 not to one. And anything else that you get more than that, exchange that for like age 12 to 18 months. Because that's when you're going to need the money. Like the first couple of months, everyone buys the stuff. And then obviously no one then constantly comes around and gives you clothes for your children. So I did a lot of that. So if I had like, after my shower, loads of like newborn. I took it back to the shop and exchanged it for bigger sizes. So for the first year of Brody's life, I can honestly say I don't think I bought an outfit because I just thought, well, I'm only going to need a set amount for each month. So I think that things like that are a really good idea because when you first have a baby, like I know for me with Brody, you want the fish, the first one, the second one's different. You're like, yeah, you know, they're out of it in five minutes. It's like the dummy's on the floor, but <laughs> back in. For the first time, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want the best. And I've not, and obviously speaking to me, you can tell I'm not like that, but I was like, I want the best pram. I want the best high chair. I want the best this. You know, I spend and you're so cautious too, right? With everything that you're just like, well, wait, I have to have this because this has yes. to go over the kitchen door or the or the drawers, and you're like so unbelievably home cautious. Out, it has to be like from an exquisite boutique and spend fifty pounds and like all these things that I did. Couldn't even, we we left the hospital. Money. We left the hospital. You couldn't even see Adia in her car seat. And we never even used the car seat after that because we went into lockdown and the car, literally that car seat was never used because she yeah, grew out of it. Like it, was, it was just so silly. The amount of stuff you think you need and then you look at all of it pile and pile and pile up in corners. And my husband was like, should we move? Where are we going to put it? And I, this of course, am like, person takes up all this space. Tiny little person. And now I look at all of it, and I and I like to save things. I mean, I, I mean the the LA gear. Back to that jean coat. It's in my UK home. It it is with me. I, I I like to hold on to things. <laughs> and um, so um, my my husband's always going when he when he comes back to the UK. Um because he's back and forth in Uganda, just to give that context for you. Um, he He's always like, what, what, what is this now? Or like, what is this corner over here? And I was like, well, these are all the things that Adia has now grown out of, but I'm going to keep because I don't know if A, if I'm lucky enough to get pregnant again. And what if I get blessed with a girl? Like, I just want to make sure I have it, but some of it's unisex. Some of it I can use if we would have a book. I mean, like, that's where my brain is because I can't just get rid of it and I mean, some things we sh I should probably just look into trying to resell, like that particular car seat that has never been used. Um, yeah, because so for well, what you tend to find is, like with me, I had a big age gap. I took a long time to fall pregnant with my second. And when I went 
through Brody's stuff up in the loft. In fact, we'd had mice and it all got ruined that I'd kept, so I should have sold loads of it. And when mm. I brought it down, I wouldn't have, even though she was a girl, obviously, like so I wouldn't, there was barely anything that I could have done. But when I looked at it, even if I'd had a boy, because the time has changed, fashion changed, I was like, well, I wouldn't put any of my new child, if it's a boy, in this stuff anyway. So if you're sort of planning a two, three arrangement, I'd probably say, you're probably best to sell it. Cause as women, like, you know what it's like, you'll buy a top, and then you bring it out of the wardrobe two years later, and you're like, it's not really in. Like, you think, oh, I don't really like that anymore. So especially, like, fashion's changing, things like that all the time. So if you are going to have a big gap, don't hold on to it. Sell it when it's in fashion, because then, of course, it then gets dated, and then you can't sell it. No one wants it. It's like, well, that was in four or five years ago. So sometimes it's not so good to, like, I mean, I've still got the children's, like, coming home outfits and things like that. And I still did, for Bronte, like, have a beautiful outfit and everything, because I, I enjoyed that. And you do have to have enjoyment. And sometimes spending, as I say, spending money on things that aren't aren't essential is lovely to do do you get what i mean if you can afford to do it why not like we do we go and have days where we think oh let's just go and treat ourselves and have things but i've always made sure i've been in a situation because i think as well like i suffer really badly with anxiety um to the point of horrific and i've suffered on and off my whole life with depression and i think it's something like i it's not that i'm good at it i think as well i have such a problem with anxiety and depression that it's something i'm in control of and so being in depth for me or not being able to afford something would make me feel so ill so I think as well like that side of me is just natural for me do you get what I mean like I always say like I'm not special like I'm dyslexic I'm nothing I just think it's just something that I can control and even when I've you know had lots of money in my life and times where I've saved a lot of money I've never really wanted to spend it and I've had to learn as well the other side about enjoying money and spending it as well because you get what I mean because I'm such a super saver about letting go and going do you know what? I can afford to buy that now so I think there's obviously there's a strong balance because as well there's people that spend money all the time and they get addicted to spending you can also get addicted to saving so I think it's about it's, it's trying to have that happy balance and I think I'm definitely yeah. getting that now I'm in my 40s and I've got my kids it's about spend half save half now and my husband's really good with that because I'm very much like oh I don't know whether we should buy that even though I can afford it you know and so it's it's about having that balance as well I think when when you've got kids because you want to enjoy them um and you want to buy things so so it's about it's about doing you as I say like trying to find that happy balance and if if, if you're being kept up at night in debt and worrying then I always say you need to speak to somebody because that's horrible isn't it no no absolutely I, you, you have talked all about money, which I love and I have learned so much, but through this journey of you and I meeting and talking today, I have just like, just been engulfed with your confidence and it's a confidence that is unapologetic in a way of firmly putting your feet on the floor and saying, I am Gemma Bird and this is how I approach things and this is how I do things. When you are a mom, when you become a mom, when you become pregnant, when you are a dad whose other half is pregnant and you're like, oh my gosh, what are, what have you found through your journey that has planted your feet that you can share for any mom or dad that is struggling with that confidence? Because it is so beautiful to hear you so absolutely unapologetic of who you are and living in it. And it is, I mean, I strive for that every day because I get nervous and then I question and I doubt. And I think a lot of people do. How do you stand on your two feet and and simply be Gemma Bird? 
I just think as well, like all my life, like I'm sort of, everyone that meets me always says, you never meet anybody else like me, that I'm a bit of an oddball and I've always just been me. But I, I'm a warrior, like and I overthink things and I do all these things. Like I, I've probably got, my friends will tell you I've got like the worst anxiety of anyone you've ever met in your life. So I always say, I'm so confident. I'm super confident to say my thoughts. Um, and I always just, I'd say to anybody, like if you're, if you are thinking it and you don't want to do it, and if you don't want to say it to a big group of people, just say it like maybe privately or to direct to that person, but stand your ground. Like try not to follow people because it's so easy to be swayed by people's opinions. Even some, even my friends will talk to me about somebody they don't even like. And if I like them, they would tell you this now. I'll be like, well, I like them. And they're like, oh, I won't be swayed. Like that's, I love other views and other opinions. And I would listen to your opinion. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see that now. And, but, you know, ultimately, I just I think it's about sort of keeping to yourself and keeping what you, you believe in. So and even like when you're raising your children, like and they say, oh, it's so much better at Jimmy's house because they've got chocolate ice cream. We've got vanilla because there's always going to be something that they come back and say. I, and my mum used to say, well, go and live there then. You know, like we old school mums would be like, well, go and live in his <laughs> house then. So sort of I say to my I, I say to Brody now, I do it the other way around. I say, OK, well, has Jimmy got strawberry yogurts in his fridge? No. I said, well, you're lucky because you have. And then he'll go, oh, yeah, mum. And I say, everyone has different things. And so I think it's about parenting in the way you want to parent and learning from each other. But also, if you feel really, really passionate about something, speaking up and standing your ground and not being swayed by your mum, your friend, anyone, you know, if it's something you really, really believe in that you want to do, then go for things and try not to worry about what other people think. Because actually no one really is thinking about you it's you thinking what they're thinking about you that's what I've learned in life like even doing my Instagram like my friends were like have you done that just stood there and started talking and everything and I think if I worried and overthought what people thought I'd never do anything but you can always everyone's always going to talk about you in a good way or a positive way like all of us have spoken about why other people we speak about people that goes on all the time but if you worried about that and stopped to thought about it, you'd never probably do anything. And you're, you're here, like you said at the start of this conversation, we was chatting before we came on, we're here once, we get such a short run at things, like you just can't worry about other people. As long as you're not hurting anyone and you're not being unkind, then what does it matter if you, you know, you want to do something that you want to do? And that's what I've sort of always lived by and just gone for things really. No, it's it's beautiful. And it's it, it's beautiful to hear that you can have a great relationship but a great relationship with yourself and, you know, giving yourself the grace and the, the time and, you know, keep, keep a close knit group and then expand your group when you are ready. And, you know, it's, it's also, you know, even going back to managing money of just like taking your time, share it with a partner that like, this is your struggle first. And then if it gets to a bigger position, going back to, you know, if you need to speak to, you know, money management, then, then go for it and do it because yeah. it will, it will project you forward in such a positive light to live a whole, yeah. a whole life. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what we're all trying to do. You know, uh, you know, it, I, I talk about this on the show all the time about the the glitter of Instagram. And, you know, at some point we are going to have to just put it down and live, right? Yeah, exactly. And we're going to, we're going to have it, to put it down and live and move forward and be happy and positive in where we are. And with money, especially the tools that you give that you on your platform through your book, save yourself happy. It's, the perfect title. We need to save ourselves happy 
to project forward to live our most fulfilled lives. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Well, Gemma Bird, I cannot thank you so much for your time and sharing all of your incredible knowledge um, to the Busy Mumsy listeners. Again, it is Save Yourself Happy, my friends. Please get that book. I'm going to link it in the show notes for sure. Because um, I, 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 it's Amazon. Yeah, I can, I can purchase yeah, it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yep. get it on Amazon. So yeah. we will, we're, we're going to link that bad boy right into the show notes so that you can get yourself a copy and head over to her Instagram as well. It will be in the show notes because it's just so important. We need to find footing in so many realms of parenthood, but to successfully move forward, we need to find our feet firmly planted, not only in the confidence, but also in the knowledge to financially support the family. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Gemma. It was an absolute Oh, thanks for having me on. It was lovely to meet you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.